Alrighty, we are back, friends, with your favorite podcast show of the week. It is Location Weekly. It's episode number 547, and we are recording live on Tuesday, December the 14th. Brianna, how's things in the Big Apple? <laughs> it's good. It's, uh, you know, like we're in the uh, full-on Christmas time and rush and hiding gifts and, uh, you know, trying to do some fun holiday stuff here in New York, which is exciting. I haven't ever done that before, honestly. So, um, you know, this past weekend we were able to hit up Rockefeller Center and take the kids to Central Park and just kind of walk around and see a little bit of the New York Christmas feeling. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just like the rush to close out the year from a business perspective and I am ready for some downtime, but how about you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's starting to kind of feel a little bit like Christmas. It, it's kind of, you know, it's the weather's been a little bit weird here. It's been quite mild, uh, you know, up and down. We've had, you know, a couple of days where it snowed and then like it's completely all gone. Like Saturday was uh, 18 degrees Celsius, so like 64 here on Saturday, like ridiculous, right, for this time of year. You know, we're still, we, I think it's going to be like that again on Thursday. So like it's, it's kind of like so up and down right now. It's hard to, you know, like for me, Christmas is still like I grew up, you know, there was snow on the ground by now. It stayed. It never went away. It kept building and building. And that's Christmas, right? Um, you know, it was always white. Um, but nowadays, like you, you can't even count on a white Christmas. So anyways, um, but it's yeah, it's going all right. It's been uh, it's been a busy, busy few days, but yeah, all good. I hear you. Yeah, so uh, as per usual, we have a, a good show for stories that we wanted to walk you through. A couple of uh, interesting deals in the industry, some um, new ways to get uh, kids engaged, let's say, uh, or young ladies engaged. Brianna will talk to us about that. And uh, yeah, let's just jump into it. Yeah, so we'll start it with a story from longtime friends of the LBMA and um, some personal friends that I know over there too, Skyhook, um, has signed a partnership deal with Sigfox. So Sigfox is more of an IoT application, um, and they do a lot of support for a supply chain, a global supply chain, uh, logistics applications. Um, and so this partnership's really going to enable Sigfox to do a little bit more. Um, and obviously Skyhook has a massive um you know, reach in terms of global intelligence around location data um, and incorporating a ton of different signals as well. And so what they're going to be able to do here is, um, you know, combine these two technologies and data sources for the, the Sigfox network. And um, what they'll also be able to do is like provide one single location service um, in all these different types of geographic environments without their reliance on GPS. So uh, what the, I would say like the big takeaway there in terms of a value add is that there's less taxation on battery life of those IoT connected devices, which means that there is a reduction in the service costs and maintenance. Um, so it gives them a little bit more bandwidth to go, to go a, a longer time without having to send, you know, somebody to service specific, um, you know, devices that are all throughout these warehouses and um, all around their assets. So they'll be able to continue to locate their, their assets um, in all these different types of environments and, uh, you know, specifically inside, you think like warehouses where the supply chain stuff's happening. 
Um, you know, a lot of times the GPS can fall short. We're all aware of those shortcomings from our devices trying to pick up like an Uber or a Lyft inside of a busy city. Um, or when you're inside of, of a location, it can be um, it can be off, and that's that's pretty important when you're trying to locate these types of um, items and uh, IoT items and and things that are being moved all across the world. So, um, you know, this isn't necessarily like groundbreaking for an announcement, but I think the partnership probably is groundbreaking for Sigfox, allowing them to do a lot more. Um, and likely saving them some, um, you know, adding to their bottom line, cutting cutting some of their overhead costs. So good partnership, and um, you know, it's good to hear a, a little bit from from Skyhook after a while. Yeah, always good to hear from uh, our friends at Skyhook, and uh, yeah, I, I think this is a good partnership. I mean, you know, for any business, um, any tech company, any business really. I mean, it's it, at the end of the day, it's all about how do we increase revenue or how do we reduce costs, right? Um, and kind of, you know, get get those margins up, right? And I think, you know, that's sort of at the heart of this this partnership here from a Sigfox perspective. Um, you know, and I, and I think we're seeing kind of a wave of um, location technologies sort of being embedded or, you know, finding their, their way into supply chain applications. Yesterday I was reading about a new incubator around supply chain and AI coming together. Um, and so I think there, there's a whole, uh, you, you know, yet to be seen set of companies are, that will emerge there. But, you know, finding efficiencies in kind of tracking assets throughout the supply chain, knowing where those are, you know, is always a challenge. And, you know, I, I remember uh, when we were at, um, when I was at the, uh, the local conference, our, our local conference in Germany some years ago, you know, one of the... Um, the sort of beacon companies that uh, that we work with in Europe, you know, we're talking about how they had kind of kind of left the sort of retail application space uh, around that and pushed into, you know, supply chain and pallet tracking and all these kinds of things with their tech. And I think, you know, we're seeing more and more of that now as we, you know, I think that the technologies, the location tracking capabilities are, are kind of moving uh, or finding new revenue streams, let's say, uh, in sort of more industrial and more sort of these kind of commercial applications than in sort of the sort of consumer-facing marketing-only uh, view. So I quite like it. I think it's a uh, it's a good partnership, and obviously, um, you know, nice to see uh, Skyhook, uh, you know, uh, in the news and uh, and doing some cool things. So yeah. All right, on to our second story. So we'll jump over to uh, to Europe now. Um, and ASDA, um, for those not familiar with ASDA, that is the UK European brand name for Walmart uh, in, in Europe. Uh, and so they have announced a partnership with Good Maps. And uh, this is about uh, uh, you know, using the Good Maps technology uh, through the ASDA uh, application to, uh, th uh, through their smartphone app, that is, um, to assist those who are visually impaired navigate their stores. And it's interesting because just last week, you know, we were talking on the show about what CVS was doing, you know, uh, through their app, you know, in terms of prescriptions and, you know, reading out audio, um, you know, messaging around the prescriptions and labels uh, for drugs in their stores. And here's another story about, you know, a, a retailer sort of, you know, trying to get behind, um, you know this uh, this population, and so they announced this on December the third, which is uh, the UN's International Day of Persons uh, with Disabilities, um, and launched this in their flagship store uh, in the UK. Um, 
And um, it's, it's really, I think it's interesting. So it can do a number of things. It, you know, obviously it sort of maps out the store and the layout uh, and sort of pinpoints certain what they call landmarks within the stores. Like here's where the pharmacy is, here's where the bathrooms are, here's where the tills or cash registers are. Uh, and the app can look for specific goods on shelves. So it knows, you know, inventory placement and things like that as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of cool you know, capability here. And I think being able to call things out or help people navigate, you know, within these environments um, in any way that you can, whether it's what CVS was doing last week with, you know, prescription labels or what they're doing here just in terms of helping people navigate and walk around and get to the parts of the store that they need to get to, I think makes a ton of sense. And Good Maps has, you know, um, been at this for, for a while, right? Um, in terms of building this, this type of enhanced retail experience and helping shoppers on a number of different levels. But I really like that we're seeing this sort of consistent trend, you know, to be inclusive and, and diverse um, in how we're approaching, um, you know, the shopper um, and, and making things accessible. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing, you know, when I saw the story was there's a there's a trend happening and it's a positive trend. Um, not a lot more to add, you know, in terms of like the technology, but it's great to see these applications again and again, um, you know, as we continue to do the show and meet and share these these items like week over week that are um, really addressing, you know, the needs of many consumers. So I love it. All righty. All right, so let's go to some like women empowerment here. And um, there's a new uh, sort of partnership that's happening with um, a pop star, Doja Cat. And she has, has teamed up with Girls Who Code. Um, and if you don't know who Doja Cat is, like maybe you need to come out of your cave, but she is a you know platinum selling pop star, 11 time Grammy nominee. Um, and now she's inviting fans to um, have this interactive experience with her woman music video. So there's the regular woman music video, and then there's this interactive experience now that Girls Who Code is uh, bringing, um, you know, bringing the public. So uh, she did this in collaboration with artist Tiana Taylor, who um, is the wife of Iman Shumpert, who just won Dancing with the Stars. Um, but, you know, there's lots of fun things that they're encouraging these these girls to do. Um, you can do uh, write code to change uh, Doja Cat's nails, uh, nail color. You can like wink, uh, you know, make her wink. You can um, change the sky from day to night, all these different things. And um, obviously you can also unlock, um, you know, different things like it's Easter eggs, like using basic coding language. Um, and then, of course, you can share the results, which is always great. Uh, you know, I'm a big, <laughs> big fan of being able to actually share um, what you're you're doing and what your campaign is about. But um, the interactive video version, if you want to look it up, is called Doja Code. That's D-O-J-A Code. Um, and so really, really cool. You know, as a mom to two young girls, I think that it's great whenever you can bring kind of that pop culture into STEM, into learning and, and making like, you know, the science and technology, um, you know, cool, right? Not just keeping it as something that um, is reserved for a specific type or a specific interest, but um, I love that this is blending those worlds together and really encouraging that. I mean, as you know, as I know, be being in the uh, tech industry for a long time, 
there are a um, a lot more men, you know, that are that are in STEM fields, and um, and I think that there's so many great opportunities for women to get into this and and have um, really great careers, and also just be able to contribute um, from different, you know, a diverse mindset, different perspectives, and um, you know, there's there's no shortage of jobs out there right now, so. Um, I would say like, this is a great, a great uh, collaboration and just partnership to drive more young women to get excited about um, what they can do, what they can create and how they can contribute, you know, to the workforce one day. So what do you think? Yeah, I love it. I, I, I think, um, you know, when, when you're a celebrity and you have that audience and, and you have that uh, platform, um, you need to you know, find ways to engage and, and, you know, sort of positively influence people. And I think she's, you know, this collaboration with Girls girls Who Code, uh, I love it. I think it's, you know, you know, the whole sort of STEM movement and the whole sort of, um, you know, just, just empowering people to learn to code, like as a, as a tech, you know, startup person, you know, we work in tech, you know, we know the importance of coding, you know, I watch my programmers, you know, uh, ground level here, you know, all day and, uh, and, and just see the excitement of, you know, what, you know, when you write something and then you can see it come to life on the screen and, you know, having written code many eons ago myself, um, you know, like the, you know, the, there's a fun to it once you can get into it. And I think if you can sort of line, you know, align that with gaming in some way or, you know, changing a music video or an experience, um, I think that just is a different way for this generation to connect, right? Um, and uh, I remember, you know, like my, you know, I had, you know, Commodore 64s and Apple IIs and all those back in the day. And I remember writing, you know, like the little code. And, and at, the, at those times, like, you know, like the screen was, you know, monochromatic, you know, it was either just all green or all orange. There was no graph, like, you know, graphics and all that, right? And still, like, you could write some code and make something happen on the screen. And it was like, you know, mind boggling that, you know, hey, I did that, right? Um, and I just think there's something to that that uh, that's interesting and unique for you know for this generation you know and 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 even like I watch my son like he does a lot of makes his own videos and like mashups and puts audio tracks to them and does all these cool little things and and like just that creative side of things whether it's coding or content creation in some way um, I, I like it so I I think this is a great collaboration uh, I know uh, I think. Uh, part of the work that Doja Cat's been doing with this group is also directly in uh, they, there's there's some collaboration with Roblox, which I know is really popular. Uh, with I, well, I know I know my kids play it anyway. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I think uh, I think she's tapped into uh, into the right audience at the right time. For sure. All right, uh, final story now. Uh, so we'll come back to Amazon here uh, in the U.S is uh, going all in for Christmas and they've uh, they've announced the what they're calling the world's first smart holiday window. So um, I don't know about you but uh, here in Toronto for example in the in the main uh, shopping district downtown Young and Dundas the Hudson's Bay company uh, which has been around forever uh, has their you know sort of historic you know uh, holiday Christmas window displays and I know you know many big retail department stores you know do this around the world 
you know, every year and they have like the animations and the little, you know, trains driving around tracks and all kinds of things like that. So Amazon's launched their own, uh, what they're calling the first smart holiday window. It's called Alexa in a pear tree. And, uh, yeah, so basically it incorporates motion, sound, lighting, effects. Uh, it connects all their devices. It's kind of highlighting all of their uh, their different Alexa devices, so including Echo, Fire TV, Kindle. Um, it, it asks visitors to, uh, to turn on holiday, you, like you can, uh, you know, sort of use your voice to turn on the holiday smart lights. You can call Santa. You can play seasonal music and do a number of different things. Uh, so this is happening in New York's, New York's Soho uh, neighborhood. And uh, uh, it ran only from December 4th to 12th. Uh, so unfortunately, you may have missed that already. But, um, you know, hopefully some people saw it and had a good experience with it. I think it's, uh, and, and they did announce that this will be an annual thing that they will be doing now. So um, I think it's interesting. It's It's kind of I don't know if it's the most effective, but it's certainly an interesting sort of marketing ploy to kind of, you know, here's how all of our devices can be used uh, and tied together in one environment. Um, and they did sort of highlight in the in the announcement around this that at home, there are a number of holiday uh, skills that, uh, that they've uh, tapped into. So you can ask Alexa to open the holiday Yule log, which will play, uh, you know, the sound of a, a popping log um, and things like that. There's uh, 12 unique uh, routines that have been tied together in this and a number of in-home applications as well. So I do like that they there's sort of that in-home piece. So, you know, if you can't get to, if you weren't there in Soho and you didn't get to experience the holiday window, you can still experience, you know, the Alexa Christmas uh, skills uh, at home. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I like the skills at home idea. As far as bringing this into a retail location, I, um, I think it could be a little confusing with, you know, having like multiple commands, multiple people trying to interact. Um, I mean, it's confusing in my household with only four people here and, and three different devices um, in terms of like which one you're telling to stop, which one you're asking a question to and, and who is going to win um, like the streaming wars of music choice. Um, so I'm not sure about that. But, you know, what I think is likely the uh, the motivating factor here is probably a uh, Amazon is getting a ton of data across these devices. So as they span this across multiple retailers, um, I am just imagining the plethora of data that they're having in terms of how many shoppers are there. Um, you know, like what are the what's trending because it's always listening. So what are they gathering and how can they apply that to their online Amazon store as well as, you know, just potentially for other rollouts and and um, technology building that they're doing. So that to me is probably the motivating factor and the the big interest in trying to get into those window displays and very little to actually do with consumer experience because I think it might be a little bit more confusing. I mean, we see these types of interactive displays all the time, right? Where you've got, um, you know, like push a button to see somebody do something or choose this on a touch screen. So there's all these different options and um, you know, I'm not sure how, how relevant or used this would potentially be, but yeah, that's all. <laughs> all righty. Well, that's our show for this week. Four stories there. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, all of this is getting you, uh, into the holiday spirit as we approach the, uh, the season and, uh, 
yeah, thank you for listening and watching, everybody. Uh, you've been uh, uh, tuned into episode number 547 of Location Weekly. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. Please reach out if you have story ideas uh, or want to highlight something here. Uh, we're always looking for, for good news and, and interesting things, so let us know. And have a great week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Nice.